Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. In this short, I'm going to clarify the foundational relationships the Christian man has in his life as defined by Genesis chapter 2. In today's episode, I will discuss how the Christian man relates to God and his work, and in next week's episode, I will discuss his role in the Christian family, which includes marriage. This lesson will obviously be relevant to all males, but for all of my female listeners, this short applies to you as well as you interact and engage with pastors, elders, fathers, husbands, brothers, sons, and extended family. Our theme verse comes from Genesis 2-7, which says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The first point is that the Christian man's primary relationship in life is vertical with God. In Genesis chapter 2, we are in paradise in the Garden of Eden, meaning that sin has not yet entered into the picture. That happens in Genesis 3. So, in this still sinless world, things are ideal and as they ought to be. We read that God forms man from the dust of the ground, and this English word is translated from a Hebrew term that means to fashion or shape like a potter molds clay. The point is that creation of humankind was not a distant, impersonal event, but an intimate act by God who spoke the rest of creation into existence, but formed man from the dust of the ground. Now, it is important to see what Genesis 2-7 says, that after God breathed into the nostrils of man, then he became a human being. What does this tell us? That the Christian man was made because of God. That the Christian man has life because of God. That the Christian man without the breath of God is nothing but dust. Hence, the Christian man's primary responsibility in life is his vertical relationship with God. This vertical relationship imparts a sense of identity in that men and women alike are made by God, for God, and to God. Our lives are not our own, but are intended to glorify the one who made us to glorify him. This sentiment is expressed when God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and says, Everyone who was called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. That verse, of course, is from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. This vertical relationship with God is the primary relationship of the Christian man that gives order, orientation, and structure to life. A man who lives in submission to God knows he is not his own, but a servant of God. Therefore, he has peace, contentment, joy, love, self-control, purpose, and an identity formed in the image of God. A man who does not live in submission to God tries to live independent of God and therefore tries to go his own way, do what he wants to do, and figure it all out by experience. I dare say that if you show me any man who lives in habitual sin or who is dissatisfied with himself, you have showed me a man who has a fracture in his primary vertical relationship with God. What is adultery? A man who thinks God's covenant of marriage isn't good enough. What is anger? A man who fails to see that God has a far greater right to be angry at everyone because of sin, yet God still forgives. What is spousal abuse? A man who fails to see that marriage is supposed to be an illustration of the love Christ has for his church. 
What is suicidality? A man who takes the reins of life into his own hands and fails to see that in a world full of hopelessness, Christ is an eternal well of reliable hope and eternal security. As Genesis 2-7 tells us, we have being as a function of the one who always is, God. Without his creatures, God would still be God, but without God, we are but dust. He is the loving and gracious Father who formed us from the dust of the ground and breathed life into us. So the logical thing to do is let our Creator take the driver's seat and lead us on the way everlasting. And before I move on to the next point, I must interject and make a quick side note. Man was formed from the dust of the ground, meaning the dry soil underneath. This helps to explain why in the medical world, many of the medications we use to heal people are derived from plant life. We are made from the dust, and so other things that grow in the dust are beneficial to us because we're all made from the same stuff. This also explains why so many natural remedies work so well and lack many of the side effects that pharmaceuticals do, because those natural remedies are derived from the dust just like us. The second point is that the Christian man's other relationship in life is horizontal with work. Further along in Genesis 2, we read that after God made man, he put him in the garden to work. Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. So here we have God establishing a creation ordinance that makes it clear that man was designed to cultivate and keep the garden that he was to be a steward of. Cultivate comes from a Hebrew word that means to work, serve, or to perform acts of worship. Keep comes from a Hebrew word that means to guard, protect, or attend to. What this all means is that in the ideal situation of paradise, the first example of a God-honoring man that we see is one who performs God-honoring work. Hence, man's vertical relationship to God animates his horizontal relationship with his work. Work is therefore not just something to do or something that we use as a means to make a living. It is something that is in our DNA that is designed to glorify God. Accordingly, it doesn't matter if your hands wield a hammer to mine coal, if your hands wield a stethoscope to treat patients, or if your hands are folded in prayer and ministry. If you are a man, you have a God-given calling to work, and that service is intended to honor the Lord. This creation ordinance was installed before sin entered into the world. So what happens after sin enters the world in Genesis 3? The ordinance to work does not change, but man's perspective on work does. In a fallen world, now everything becomes warped. Men derive their identity from work and not from God, so they sacrifice and serve the idol of wealth or a title while demoting God to second place. They no longer view work as an end in and of itself, but as a means to an end, so now all work is merely a method to make a living. Here, the man exerts as little effort as possible just to get by. A warped perspective of work means men no longer have a desire to work and believe the delusion that those who have can be penalized to incentivize those who want. Biblically speaking, men are called to work because that is what men are supposed to do. The Christian man that is called to work also debunks the popular Western notion of retirement because according to Genesis, men are not supposed to retire. Why? 
because their existence is characterized by work. Yes, they may retire from one profession and then enter into another, but the idea that they retire from work altogether has no basis in the Bible. In fact, Revelation 22.3 tells us that in heaven we will serve the Lord in eternity. So, we will be working and doing something, fulfilling our God-ordained purpose. So yes, there are many men who, for example, may suffer from a physical impairment that prevents them from doing what they used to do. This simply means they can now do something else that they can do. If a man can't wield a hammer, he can teach a young man how. If a man can't climb a ladder, he can supervise those who do. If a man has no arms and legs, he can use his voice to impart the wisdom he has gained over a lifetime of experience and mentor others. So that summarizes the Christian man in the context of two correlationships, a vertical relationship with God and a horizontal relationship with work. We will continue this lesson next week when I discuss the Christian man and his relationship with his other horizontal relationship, his family. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.